be looking at the characters of Christmas. Now, when you think of Christmas, um, help me here a little bit. What are various characters that you think of in the Christmas story? Don't overlook the obvious, okay? But what are some of the characters? Mary, the wise men, King Herod, shepherds. Oh, Jesus. There we go. That's a good one. Yeah. Somebody else said something. Angels, okay, depending, go ahead. Simeon, I was going to say, depending how far out you carry the Christmas story. Um, Simeon and Anna would be involved in that. And um, Luke, Elizabeth, okay, before the birth. So somebody said Joseph, all right. Yeah, pardon? The sheep, okay, all right. So um, we're going to be not looking at all of those, but we're going to look at some of these characters and what can we learn from this. And I didn't do this specifically, but it, it works right into what we're illustrating today. We often forget about some of the most important people. And don't you see it at Christmas time? I mean, kids or grandkids open presents, okay? So they're at grandpa and grandma's and they open the presents and, and then they're, what's the next one, you know? And the parents are kicking them or not. Remember. Remember what? Remember. Say thank you. Oh yeah, thank you, you know? And and it happens to every parent. You're publicly embarrassed and shamed, but thankfully it's family and they thought evil of you anyway. So what does it matter? No. But often the giver of the gift is forgotten. And turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, and verse 3. Now, you don't think normally of Galatians as a Christmas account. But in Galatians 4, we find a Christmas account in a nutshell. Verse 3, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Whereun, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Today, we want to look at the character of the Father. 
in the fullness of time, God. You know, many times in our celebration of Christmas, we forget the giver of the gift. We forget God the Father. He's the one that gave the gift. The one who gave the present of eternal life. And we want to just look at several things and then lessons we can learn from the Father. Number one, He is the initiator. In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. At God's timing, God set up everything for this. He, he established the prophecies that prophesied Jesus coming, but it was God that initiated it. It was God the Father. It, this is His idea. This is His doing. He's the initiator. Do you understand? Everything begins and ends with God. Everything. He is the common denominator of everything. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, God. God's already there. We read in Colossians chapter 1, by Him all things consist. All things were made by Him and all things were made for Him and by Him all things consist. Were it not for God, literally everything would fall apart. We know scientifically there's electrons and neutrons, but they've never been able to figure out what holds everything together. And so they, they came up with the term glutrons. Well, the Bible tells us what holds everything together. By Him, all things consist. So, we're dealing with the Christmas story. And we're reminded in Acts chapter 17, it says, In Him we live and move and have our being. Our very being we owe to God. So, this is, this is God's story. Years ago, I heard someone say, history is his story. We're going back in history. We're remembering the birth of Christ. But we need to remember the giver. This was God's idea. This is God that initiated it. It wasn't a petition sent by mankind. Help us. There was none of that. It was God's idea. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. So God is the initiator, and God is the giver. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. It was God that sent forth his Son. It's a gift that cost him. He knew completely and exactly and intimately that he was sending his son to die. He knew that, if you please, Jesus Christ would not be home for Christmas. 
He knew he was sending him to a foreign culture, a foreign entity from the holiness of God, and he knew he was sending his son to war. You know, it's, it's always a difficult thing for, for parents to send their kids off the first time when they leave home, so to speak, and, and, um, even as much as you, you might be thinking, I don't know if they were ever going to leave, or you might be thinking that sometimes you thought, when the day when that kid leaves, that will be a hallelujah day around here, you know. Honestly, you've had those thoughts. Don't sit there acting like you haven't. But when it actually comes down to you saying goodbye, I mean, you know life is changing then. I mean, and, and it's a it's a difficult thing, and... You know, you see that car leave and you go to their bedroom and it's empty. And it's like, wow, life has changed. And I was thinking of this. I was, I was going to say, I was a little younger than my older brothers. That's a profound statement, isn't it? But my older brothers, when we got together, they were in the the draft lottery that some of you know about with the Vietnam War. And and I was I was younger and oblivious to the reality of all that was going on in that. And maybe some of you experienced this. But to tell your son goodbye, knowing that he was going to a war that in your heart you believed was as worthless and useless as possible, would have been a very, very difficult situation. And sad to say, many of them said goodbye to their sons And they never came back again. I can't imagine fully what that would be like. But I want you to get an idea, try to get an idea in your mind in the fullness of time when God sent forth his son. Heaven really wasn't the same during those 33 years. The son was gone. This is God in the flesh. And he knew what he was sending him to. And he knew that the day would come when when he would see his son on the cross. And he couldn't even bear it that he'd have to, to turn his back on his own son. And to have his son say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean... He knew fully all of this, but he was still willing to give, willing to bear the pain. 
And for what purpose? Galatians 4, again, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Why did he do it? He did it to buy us back. Redeem means to buy back. He did it to buy us back from the penalty of sin, from the judgment of sin, from the condemnation of sin. He paid the greatest price ever to come after us and pay whatever was required, his son, to bring us back so that we could be adopted into his family and be sons of God. It says of Jesus Christ, he came to seek and to save the lost. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I, I want us to get a fresh glimpse of God the Father and His giving for us and the purpose of His gift. Notice Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or help them that are tempted. Now notice, in these verses, I want to call your attention to four different things God's purpose in sending His Son. Number one, He came to destroy the devil. He sent His Son that He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. We were in the bondage of sin. We were in the power of death under the grip of Satan. And Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. First John also talks about that. We won't take the time to look at that. Secondly, notice verse 15. And to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He came to deliver us from the bondage of sin. All our lifetime before Christ... We, we have a built-in fear of death. Why? Because we're under the condemnation of sin. And we're in bondage to sin. Nothing can free us from this bondage. But God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to free us from the bondage of sin. That we no longer have to fear death. The penalty for our sin is paid. 
We are adopted into God's family. We are given a home eternal in heaven. And to every believer, we know the best is yet to come. So he breaks the bondage of fear and death in order, verse 17, to bring reconciliation. He made him a faithful and merciful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation the sins of the people. We were at enmity with God. We we had a a divide. We had a, uh, an issue between us and God, and there was no way that was going to be reconciled. It wasn't going to be. Let's come and talk about this. There was only one way that that would be reconciled. Our sin had to be the the penalty for our sin had to be paid for, and there was only one way, and that's through. The blood of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ came, I now am reconciled by faith in Jesus Christ. I am reconciled to God. When when the reality of that, we should be celebrating that every day, but especially during this Christmas season. I am no longer the enemy of God I am a son of God. I am a friend of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I have been reconciled to God. And verse 18, God sent Jesus Christ and he suffered being tempted like as we are. And he now makes intercession on our behalf to provide help and intercession. What I'm celebrating What we're celebrating here is God sent his son and he experienced everything we experience in this life even more so. And now he is interceding before the father on our behalf. Interceding on your behalf. Father, you see how weary they are. And Jesus Christ knew what it was to be weary. He went to the boat and slept during the midst of the storm. He was weary. He said, look at, they've lost a loved one. We need to minister. And Jesus Christ wept when he lost a loved one. And God's plan and purpose for this was that he was sending his son to destroy the works of the devil, to deliver us from bondage, to bring reconciliation to God, and to provide us all the help that we will ever need in this life or in eternity. But God had an interesting plan. The Father, in his interesting plan, he took the initiative, he gave, He had definite purposes in his giving, but his definite plan is that every one of us must decide what we will do with his gift. And he says, here's my gift that I give God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. And God said, you can choose to not believe any of this. 
You can choose to think this is all just a fairy tale. You can choose to think it doesn't really relate. He said, that choice is up to you, but I remind you, he says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. Or you can choose to realize, I am a sinner, my sin is against God, I am an enemy of God by my choosing, and there is no fixing this apart from God's plan and God's purpose, Jesus Christ. He alone can pay the penalty for my sin. He alone can break the bondage of my sin. He alone can adopt me into his family. And I acknowledge my sin is my doing. I am completely vile and I need a Savior. Jesus Christ alone, and I call upon Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and save my soul and take control of my life. But he gives the choice. Some refuse it. Some abuse it. They may pray a prayer. And then go on with their life as though nothing happens. God alone knows their heart condition. But he said, if there is no fruit, there is no life. Some receive it, love it, and share it. And that's what God wants us to do. But every one of us, individually, will someday answer for what we've done with Jesus Christ. Every individual will someday answer, what did I do with Jesus? You can't be neutral on it. You either confess your sin and call upon Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, or you go on and live your own life. But God has given His gift To all mankind. And every, in God's plan, He gave every individual the opportunity to know Him, to fellowship with Him, to walk with Him. And He is the giver of eternal life. This, this Christmas thing, it's, it's all about God the Father. And I think often the Holy Spirit is nudging us saying, don't forget, don't forget, say thank you. But we often forget the Father. You know, honestly, as a father and grandfather at Christmas, I don't mind just sitting back and enjoying it and watching it. I'll usually leave my hearing aids out on that day, okay, but... Why? It's not about us. But you know what? The Christmas story is about God the Father. And it's realizing that. And there's a number of lessons we can learn from the Father. Number one, I don't care what has happened in your life. I don't care what this last year has been like or what your life is like. God loves you. 
And it's evident he sent his son for you. I mean, he, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son for you. If you had been the only one that had ever lived, God sent his son for you. Don't ever question his love. The songwriter said, no one ever cared for me like Jesus There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Number two, we learn that God intimately knows your need. God knew mankind needed a Savior. We couldn't save ourselves. There was nothing we could do. He knew that, and He intimately knows every need of yours now. Not just forgiveness of sin, but every need. Number three, God's timing is perfect. In the fullness of time, it was at the perfect time, God sent forth His Son. Did you realize there are no coincidences with God? There are no accidents with God. His timing is perfect. It may not match with our timing, but someday we'll come to realize, God, your timing was perfect. Not just in sending his son, but in your life and my life, the reality that God's timing is perfect. And in the fullness of time, God will send his son again. Do you realize the truth of that? When Jesus Christ ascended on high in Acts chapter 1, it said, Why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus that you saw taken up from you will so come in like manner as you have seen him. And in the fullness of time, God will say, it's time to go again, Jesus. But there's not going to be any sorrow with that because he knows he's bringing all the children home. And you may look at the world and you may say, what is going on in this mess? It seems like every day and every week things spin more out of control Don't worry, in the fullness of time, God will send forth his son. That's a promise we can rest in. And many of those prophets probably thought, and even the disciples thought, when is our Messiah coming? When is he coming? In the fullness of time, God sent forth the Messiah. And in the fullness of time, God sending forth the king. And and we can rejoice in that. And the bottom line is, the Father is worthy of all of our love. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift in reference to Jesus Christ. And and you may send out Christmas cards that have that verse on it. But do you notice 
The main character in that, thanks be unto God, the Father, for his unspeakable gift. We can't even, we can't even describe the fullness of the gift of Jesus Christ. But it comes back to this, thanks be unto God. Will you this Christmas season let your heart be filled with thanks to the Father? God, thank you for sending your Son. God, thank you for your initiative in this whole thing and, and giving and, and your purpose in this and your plan in this. God, forgive me for, for just taking the gift and loving the gift, but not really loving you. How many times we are like that. And the reality comes down, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be brought to a greater love and appreciation for Your design and Your purpose in sending Your Son. Lord, I pray that every believer here today, that, that we would purpose in our hearts to be filled with praise to you for the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would not be forgotten during this Christmas season or any day but that our hearts would overflow with praise and thanksgiving for setting us free from the bondage of sin, giving us a home in heaven, adopting us into your family, being in, providing an intercessor on our behalf. And Lord, I pray that we would go tell it on the mount. Lord, I pray that everyone here today would realize that they will someday answer to you for what they've done with your gift, Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what we, what our parents think we've done with it or other people, someday we will answer for what we have done with Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I pray if there is one here today that, that has neglected calling upon you for the forgiveness of sins and yielding their lives to you, Lord, I pray today would be that day. I pray your Spirit would draw them. I pray they would know fully and completely the joy of sins forgiven. Lord, I pray Today they would know that. And then, Lord, I pray that every one of us would come to value the depths of you, our Father's love. And may this season be a time of joyous celebration of our Heavenly Father's love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.